takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So... The New York Islanders fall to the Montreal Canadiens 3-2 in a shootout. We'll talk about this game and, and why right now it just isn't enough for the Islanders to come away with one point. They're about to head west for a four-game road trip. We'll break down where they stand right now and why I may be ready to say that this team is just not going to make the playoffs this season. We will also discuss the passing of a New York hockey legend and talk a little bit about his impact on the Islanders franchise. And we will be also discussing the return of Josh Bailey to the lineup and a new Islanders forward who missed Sunday's game due to an upper body injury. We've also got our Islanders birthday of the day, a tough physical defenseman from the late 2000s. All that and more coming up on today's show. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like us to talk about, feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So always great to hear from fans and to uh, you know provide some instant insight and analysis during Islanders games. All right, Islanders fall at home to the Montreal Canadiens in a shootout by a score of 3-2. to two. And this one was a tough one to take. The Islanders, quite honestly, just did not have uh, their A game. And, you know, you're hosting a team with the worst record in the league. Yeah, they've got a new coach, but... You know, they just had beaten St. Louis in overtime a couple of days ago, and that was their first win in 10 games. So, yeah, they're playing a little better under uh, uh, Martin St. Louis, but no, this is not the kind of game that you should be losing. And again, we are seeing too many of the same negative patterns popping up for this hockey team 
at all the wrong times. And to say it's frustrating is an understatement. Once again, we see a goal being given up late in a period, this time in the second period with just one minute, 11 seconds left on the clock, and Josh Anderson scores a goal that the Islanders' defense just sort of broke down. And they are breaking down a lot. It's like if the period was only 18 minutes long, the Islanders wouldn't have a problem. But the last minute and a half or so of a period, they seem to take their foot off the gas. Maybe they are looking forward to intermission. Maybe they're gassed, tired, whatever it is. Uh, Too often we are seeing them giving up these late, period goals, and it ends up hurting the team. The other thing was, we see another goal let in by Ilya Sorokin, who again, did not play badly. Sorokin, you know, he made 25 saves in 27 shots. That's a 926 save percentage. Numbers like that are going to get you, you know, a lot of wins for most teams. But he only allows two goals. One of them, once again, he doesn't play the angle right. And he leaves just a little bit of daylight between his shoulder and the post. The puck goes in. And voila, Islanders give up a goal. And when you're struggling to score like the Islanders are, you're not going to get... uh, You can't afford, really to give up even one bad soft goal like that game, A, it's demoralizing, but more importantly than that, it is a situation where you, you, you just don't have that big of a margin for error. So the bad angle goal is like deja vu all over again. And look, Sorokin, yeah, he keeps on playing because obviously... You know, Varlamov no longer up in Calgary. Varlamov now back with the team, but still in COVID protocols, so they don't want to go to Corey Schneider. And the net result is uh, Sorokin playing game after game. And, you know, I don't blame him for the loss, but they can't afford these soft goals that he's been letting in a little too often as of late. Now, Josh Bailey who was out of the last game with an upper body injury. He returned to the lineup, had an assist uh, in this one, which puts him second on the team in assists. But Oliver Wallstrom, now out of the lineup, he has an undisclosed upper body injury. So no Wally, and the result, again, not a full lineup. Now, the Islanders do go... Uh, with Kiefer Bellows, and let's talk about Bellows. Bellows also picked up an assist. He had four shots on goal, two hits, and even though he only played 12 minutes and 30 seconds, which was 11th out of 12 forwards in this game, Bellows, you know, we had a quote from Barry Trotz that Bellows is ready for full-time duty, and, you know, are they trying to showcase him to trade him. I doubt it at this point. But Bellows, looking good, going to the net, you know, four shots on goal in 12 and a half minutes of ice time. That's good. That's impressive. And again, the assist, Bellows playing well for the Islanders 
as of late, but you really would like to have seen a little more with Oliver Wallstrom in the lineup as well as Bellows. As for uh, Kyle Palmieri, he scores again, three goals in his last three games, and Palmieri seems to have found a little bit of his jump for the Islanders. And look, through 29 games, he had one goal. He now has four, but a step in the right direction. And the Islanders need Kyle Palmieri, who is here to be a top six forward, to step up and create more offense. And thankfully, he is starting to do that. So, you know, that at least is a positive thing. When we come back, we'll have some more key takeaways from this game. We'll talk a little bit about a New York hockey legend who passed and his impact on the New York Islanders. And we've got our Islanders birthday of the day and a lot more, all still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. This is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And like all flavors of Built Bar, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. Listen to some of these incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, a few more takeaways, and I'll go with some of the good things for now. Uh, in the face-off circle, J.G. Pajot winning 11 out of 15. Casey Sezikis winning 8 out of 12. Those were the two big ones, but the Islanders had a dominant day in the face-off circle. But, again... The problem, overall, this team just not getting the offensive opportunities they need. Here you are, in a game against the Montreal Canadiens, and they are starting a goalie in Andrew Hammond, who hasn't played a game in the NHL in four seasons. Four seasons. We're not talking about Martin Brodeur here. No offense to Andrew Hammond, and he played very well, but the Islanders made him look like an all-star. 
And yes, the Islanders did manage 32 shots on goal in this game. But again, if you look at the chart, too many of those shot opportunities coming from further away from the goal. And the Islanders need to get some more good chances. And, you know, when they did get those good chances down low, too often missed passes, pucks jumping over, hopping over a stick. You just have to convert more of these opportunities in order to win hockey games, and the Islanders aren't getting it done. Look, some players are doing well. Brock Nelson scored another goal. He led the team with six shots on net, and I think Brock Nelson deserves a lot of credit for the way he's playing hockey. J.G. Pajot had five hits, as did Matt Martin in this game. They tied for the team lead. There were some bright spots, but I'm going to say this. You are not going to the playoffs if you can't beat the worst team, by record at least, in the league, at home, in a must-win game in late February. It just isn't going to happen. The Islanders have less than a 10% chance, according to computer models, of making the playoffs this year. They need, as we've discussed on the show, probably around 71-72% of the remaining points out there in order to qualify for the playoffs. You've got to get those wins against Montreal's and Arizona's and Philadelphia's and Buffalo's, teams that are struggling, and right now... They lost to Buffalo. They lost in a shootout to Montreal. Yeah, okay, you got a point. It wasn't a total loss. But these are the games that you need to get two points. And you can't do that. You just can't do that. So, you know, this team's chances of making the playoffs getting less and less with each passing day and... This four-game road trip now, the West Coast swing, they're going to need to be almost perfect on it, and I'm not exactly holding my breath on that one. Wanted to also briefly touch on the passing of a New York hockey legend. Uh, Emil Francis, former coach and general manager of the New York Rangers in the mid, from the mid-60s to the mid-70s, passing away over the weekend at the age of 95. And you you might sit there and say to me, okay, what does this have to do with the New York Islanders? Well, first of all, I don't know if there would be a New York Islanders if it wasn't for some of the things that Emil Francis did. Uh, When he took over as general manager and head coach of the Rangers in the mid-60s, For 15 years, the Rangers had been a dreadful team, and hockey in New York, in the New York metropolitan area, wasn't as popular because the team had been so bad so long. And Francis built the Rangers into a Stanley Cup contender and did a lot to build hockey from the grassroots up in New York City and the surrounding areas, formed a Metropolitan Junior Hockey League, And players like Nick Fatiu and Brian Mullen got their start there. And really increased awareness and the popularity of the sport. So he did that. 
And then when the Islanders were formed in 1972, Francis welcomed them into the league. I interviewed him for my book, Ice Wars. He was very generous with his time, had a good memory. And he told me, and, he, and this story is related in the book, about how before the Islanders were going to draft Dennis Potman, he made a substantial offer to Bill Torrey, uh, which included four players on the Rangers' active roster and some picks to try to draft, you know, to trade up and get the selection that would have been Dennis Potman for the New York Rangers. Thankfully for Islander fans, Bill Torrey said, no thank you, and the Islanders drafted Potvin, and as they say, the rest is history. And has any player hurt the Rangers more on the ice for the New York Islanders than Dennis Potvin? But as far as Emil Francis is concerned, a lot of what he did to grow the sport in and around New York set it up so there were enough hockey fans who couldn't get tickets to Ranger games that the NHL could say, yeah, the WHA wants to put a team in the new arena on Long Island, but we're going to beat them to the punch and put an expansion team there. So Emil Francis, a class act on and off the ice, a man who indirectly laid some of the groundwork for there to be a New York Islanders and, uh, you know, who was a worthy opponent of the Islanders during their first two or three years of existence, including the very first Islanders playoff win in, in a series, came against Emil Francis's Rangers and really sort of shut the door on that era as after that, that Ranger team with Eddie Jockerman and Brad Park and John Rattel and Vic Hadfield, you know, they were all gone, uh, although Hatfield was gone the year before. But all of those players started to go uh, after the Islanders defeated Emil Francis's Rangers with the big uh, J.P. Parise goal in overtime of Game 3, the first ever playoff series for the Islanders and their first ever series win. So uh, our condolences to Emil Francis and uh, his family and friends, a man who did a lot for hockey in New York and who helped make the Islanders franchise possible. We have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. When we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a physical defenseman from the late 2000s, and some final thoughts uh, about this team before they start their West Coast trip. So lots more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Football may be over for this season. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. 
And uh, we want to wish a day late a very happy 47th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Brendan Witt. Witt originally drafted in the first round, 11th overall by the Capitals in 1993, joined the Caps for the 95-96 season, and stayed with Washington through 05-06, was traded to Nashville at the deadline, and then signed with the Islanders for the 06-07 season, stayed on the island through the 09-2009-2010 campaign before hanging up his skates and ending his NHL career. 890 career NHL games for Witt, only 25 goals and 121 points, but defense was his specialty. He also had 1,424 penalty minutes, including... Uh, 131 penalty minutes with the Islanders in his first year on the island. Played in 41 playoff games, scoring four goals and five points in those. Look, Witt was 6'2", 223, and if he wanted to move you out from in front of the uh, uh, in front of his goalie, he was going to do it. He was a tough customer, a leader in the locker room, and a very good member of the New York Islanders. We're going to go back and look at one of Brendan Witt's better games with the Isles. January 22nd, 2008, and this time the Islanders visiting the Carolina Hurricanes. Wade Dublowitz is the goalie for the Isles. Cam Ward in the net for Carolina. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. Andy Sutton was off for high-sticking Mike Sillinger, scoring a shorthanded goal for the Isles. His 12th from Trent Hunter and Radek Martinek at 8-11. But later on in the same power play, Eric Stahl scores for Carolina. His 27th, Corey Stillman and Ray Whitney with the helpers. After one period, Islanders won. Hurricanes won. In the second, the Islanders shorthanded start to pour it on with a bench minor for too many men on the ice. Richard Park scores shorthanded, his ninth from Radek Martinek. And then Mike Sillinger, his second shorty of the day, the team's third, his 13th from Trent Hunter at 538. 3-1 Islanders at that point. Sean Bergenheim made it 4-1 Isles at the 752 mark of the second. His third of the year, Miro Chatan and Bruno Gervais with the assists. And all of a sudden, the Islanders lead 4-1, but Mike Commodore scores at 15-27 of the second, unassisted his third of the year. Islanders up 4-2 after 40 minutes of play. In the third, Matt Cullen, unassisted, makes it 4-3, but then Brandon Witt, our Islanders' birthday of the day. His second of the year, Blake Como with the assist at 17-25, that gave the Islanders a two-goal cushion at 5-3, and then Blake Como into the empty net at 18:45. That one unassisted. Islanders skate away with a 6-3 win over the Carolina Hurricane. And for Brandon Witt, one goal in two shots. He was a plus two in this game and had two penalty minutes. Wade Dublowitz, 44 saves in this game. Islanders were outshot 47-31 in this one, but Brandon Witt with the uh, clinching goal, not the game winner, but the clinching goal, and really just a strong overall game for Witt in this one. So 
Again, a very happy 47th birthday to Brandon Witt. Sunday was his birthday, and we wish him all the best. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Islanders about to head west, and right now you got at Seattle, at San Jose, at LA, at Anaheim, and at Colorado. It's actually a five-game road trip right here. Uh, Got to get at least eight points to have any chance of doing anything this year. I- I'm not overly optimistic just because of this team's lack of consistency throughout the season. We have yet to see them fire on all cylinders for more than one game or two games at a time, and they just don't seem to have that extra gear to get the winning streak going. It won't be easy, but they've got to do it now or they're just going to run out of time on what was once a very promising season. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Steele Roden and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of the Islanders game on Thursday in Seattle, their first ever trip to play the Kraken in Seattle. So we'll have a full preview of that game on tomorrow's show and a lot more. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.